Welcome in. This is the Corbett's Corner on a Wednesday. Uh, quad box here for you. Tyler Dawson talking some Vikings after their victory. Matthew Cruzan, big day. Not exactly big in terms of happiness, of course, but big days in terms of news. The Bears go down, Foles banged up, and the shocking news of Theo Epstein stepping away from the Cubs. Um, and Matt Doss here as well, one of our big baseball guys. He's our current guest better and a huge sports fan as well. So we got to get the knowledge and the takes here on Corbett's Corner. Uh, let's start with Epstein. I'm just going to give the floor to Cruzen, um, who watched basically this guy just break a curse. There's nothing more you could say about that. Theo Epstein is, I think, I can't wait to see the movie that is made about this guy. You thought Moneyball was good? How about the guy that actually won a championship and did it for like two teams and broke two different curses um incredible manager uh excuse me general manager president of baseball operations uh he broke two curses where's he gonna go why did he step away was it just it was a time to go was were cubs fans kind of shocked by this or was it maybe a little bit expected uh no we were not shocked by this at least uh reasonable fans were not expected he was entering the last year of his uh, contract he originally signed for five years and they extended him for another five so he was entering year 10 and we all knew that was absolutely his last year he is a big believer in uh, Bill Walsh's theory that spending 10 years in one place is like the limit and like that's enough time to do what you need to do and then move on and take something else on so we knew last year was the last year and the reason why this move today was not shocking is because the Cubs roster is in a huge state of flux. Everyone knows this. They have underachieved the last three postseasons since they won the World Series. So some big decisions are being made. And Theo goes, well, why am I going to make these decisions for the team that are going to impact the franchise for the next two, three, four, five years? It didn't make any sense. So I see it from that perspective. Um, they love Jed Hoyer filling his role now. Jed Hoyer has been around since Theo has um, as the GM. He's just taken a step up. Jed was a part of every big decision that was made. One of Theo's presser quotes today was that uh, they wouldn't have got Pedro Strope if it wasn't for Jed Hoyer pounding his fist on the table saying get him added in that deal with Jake Arrieta. So uh, feel fine with Jed going forward. As for Theo next, he is taking this year off. He said that he got out in front of any rumors to the Mets or Phillies with their vacancies. He uh, said he expects to have a third chapter, whether that be uh, in the same role as a president or uh, as a part of an ownership group. He threw that out there. So that he also, not he, I saw another idea floated out of him being the president of an expansion team like Nashville if that becomes oh, wow. a thing in the next couple of years Vegas. so talk about it talk about a challenge for that um and then the other rumor already flying around is he's gonna uh go into politics and have some role in the government at some point moving forward uh he's pretty outspoken um with his political views and uh is not afraid of change and people just think very highly of the guy and his decision making mm -hmm. so um, I don't think he'll do that, but overall takeaway, I absolutely am forever, eh, forever grateful to the guy. He came and ended um, the curse. We knew, you know, it wasn't going to happen with what was going on and who was leading the team. Then he came in, he said what he was going to do. It was a five-year plan. We're going to tank. We're going to be really bad for three years, but it's going to come. Be patient, trust the process. And he delivered. Um, he deserves a statute outsider, really, for all I'm concerned. 
<laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, um, I think that pretty much hit on everything, you know. Um, you know, I mean, you know, like you said. Matt, how should we feel so, as Cardinal fans? It, it's got to feel kind of good to get them out of the division, right? It is to an extent. And at the same time, I think, you know, to like you said, there's just that whole, like, roster that really made 2016 happen is up in the air. So why would he make the call if he already is like aware that he's not going to be there for the long haul? Why not let the next guy make the call on all of those like cornerstone guys? Because that's not an easy thing to do to say, what do we do? You know, with like, you know, I don't know if it's like Brian, Javi, Anthony, Brian, yeah. Like all of them are one year left. They got to decide. You guys have something in common because, Matt Doss, you follow both the Cardinals and the Royals as your American League team. So you once you got that title, you saw, you know, the dark days ahead, the rebuild yeah. coming. Um, absolutely worth it. Yes, exactly. Absolutely worth it. I, I'm sure, Matt Cruising, you're not to that extent, but you got to be thinking like, geez, you know, good thing we got that title. Good thing you came back from down 3-1 because are you willing to concede that dark days may be ahead? Oh, 100%. And that so that's the tough part. Like, and people will be overly critical of Theo based on what's happened the last few years. So, like, they came onto the scene a year ahead of schedule in 2015. They were not supposed to be good that year. They beat the Cardinals in the NLDS. They go to NLCS and lose. 2016, that's the thing. We expected everyone in baseball, not even Cub fans, in 2015, like, that team's going to win three World Series in the next four or five years. Like, everyone expected and thought they could be a dynasty to the extent the Giants were. So that's the tough part is just not repeating after 2016. But if I – but, I mean, that's the thing. We said, just give us one and we'll never complain. So I'm stopping there. You got my one. Yeah, it's tough starting this rebuild that's on the horizon. But, I mean, that, that's just the tough part. They didn't repeat, but I'll still take that one over anything. They, ha- Yeah, like their main six guys are all one year of team control. Yeah. At most, three of them will still be here. It's really shitty because they all were really bad this past year, like every single one of them. So they're at their lowest value they've ever been. Um, yeah, a rebuild is definitely possible because the player development has not been good the last few years. But see, here's, here's the thing. I would almost take that over, you know, just – like tearing it all down versus what like the Cardinals are trying to do is just bring in another average guy for the guy that was already average. And it's just a cycle and it's been like three or four years now. And it's just maddening. It's like they keep like trotting the same shitty lineup out there and say like, no, wait, it'll, it'll be good this time. No, it won't because Harrison Bader can't do anything. And you <laughs> traded away oh, Randy Rosarena, who had the best damn postseason, maybe in the history of the game. And you're just sitting here like, when was the last time we won a deal? When was the last time we won a deal? Just tear it down at this point and just like start over because I can't keep watching this 81 and 81 <laughs> shit over and over and over again. I see what you mean. I think I – yeah, because, like, there's that team that always competes every year, but they're usually just a little bit short. Or Purgatory. I think I, I, I prefer the full two, three-year terrible uh, – just bottom out 
because then I want to be really good for the next three years. I'll, I'll take that trade off. And I mean, with that, you've watched that work for, yeah. I don't know how, you that know, Astros, the Royals, Royals, the Cubs. Uh, I feel like there was at least a couple other teams in there. Padres, who, Padres, been in there. Tampa Bay, kind of, yeah. I I want Theo Epstein to come take John Mozeliak and just stuff him in a locker and just take his job. <laughs> come come save us, please. Um, we're gonna get to uh, Tyler Dawson's Vikings. Just give him the floor because he's got to brag. It's tough because the NFC is so loaded. The we're the teams like the Vikings and I'm gonna put the Falcons in there. We're just staring at the NFC West, saying, "God damn it." You know, why that team is so good and looking at the NFC East and saying, why does this team get to play and have a home game? But I want to wrap up with just quickly, Matt Cruz, and you said you think Theo's going to the Mets. I floated out and I was doing some looking because I think he's a curse breaker. What would you say, sir? I retract because uh, he's not going any. That would be if he was going right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking at, is he going to break some curses, you know? And I highlighted two. Rangers with a new ballpark, never won a World Series. Padres, he's going to want to go to a big city. He's not going to go to Tampa, you know. Padres, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, San Diego. I threw out the Padres. Um, Any guesses? Mets would be hard, I think. You know, like you said, I think that'd be hard because if he wants the year off, they would have to then hire someone – just like a puppet here and then just be like sorry we have this lined up like yeah i don't know i think a better question is is he going to come back as president of baseball operations or part of an ownership group because i think it's 50 50 yeah i i would like to think that he would want his hands in kind of like everything but i guess you know jeter does as well bruce sherman so i I guess it's complicated um so the is like 45 years old he's not even like right yeah. he did in boston yeah. he was like 30 it was yeah. incredible, incredible. Uh, kent stayed up 21 i love it we just need one more tutty um all right speaking of football ty you get the win for kirk cousins oh and nine coming in make it one and nine the bears going the other way vikings after a slow start uh looking pretty solid what are your expectations for the rest of the season how are you feeling? You've had that game pegged down. You said they were going to win, and they win. So I will eat crow and give you the floor. Thank you. I appreciate you eating crow there, Dylan. Yes, of course. Two weeks in a row that you've bet against the Vikings, what? not only on this spread, but also oh, on right. the money lines. So you're just, <laughs> your bookie's got to love you, man. You're just handing huh? them Have money. you seen my record? <laughs> no, but uh, Vikings. <laughs> Anyways, back to the Vikings here. Of course. Um, after they ended up winning that game against the Packers, they ended up getting a little bit more confidence. They ended up going in, beating Detroit, even after their special teams had an absolute disaster and nearly gave the game away. Yesterday, it looked like the special teams was going to maybe come into play, especially after Cordell Patterson runs back the 100-and-some-yard touchdown, kickoff mm-hmm. return, and then they can't even get the ball down on the extra point. But – uh, long story short here is, I mean, the Vikings have cycled in so many young cornerbacks. They were getting injured early in the year. Now they're starting to get more confidence. They have more games underneath their belt. And um, yesterday with Chris Boyd, he looked very strong yesterday uh, for the Vikings. Um, there's a lot of other younger guys there, like uh, Hercules Matafa, who was playing off the DN. When he Her- ran down. What? 
sorry, uh, when he ran down uh, Cordero Patterson there, I mean, it, that really sparked the whole defense. Um, and I, I was, I'll be honest, I was nervous when Rudolph fumbled that ball. Matt and I were watching the game together. We both agreed that if it would have been called as he was down by contact, it would have stayed there anyways. But Harrison Smith able to get a big pick there right after there, turn it around. And I don't know. I mean, Vikes have three very favorable matchups here coming up. They got Dallas coming into town after Dallas. Then it is Carolina coming into town. Teddy Bridgewater, however, returning U.S. Bank. So that'll be interesting. McCaffrey's supposed to be back. So it's going to be tougher than what it is on paper. And then third one is Jacksonville. And I think Jacksonville, for the most part, is kind of – They're trying to lose. Yeah, you you never know, though. So, I mean, Vikes could win six straight here, and then they go on the road to Tampa, which if Tampa loses a couple divisional battles, I mean, it could be a huge game. So, hopefully Zimmer uh, continues to get these guys up for the games and is able to uh, keep the win streak going. Question for you that will lead into a question that I want answered by Matt Cruzan as well. Percentage chance the Vikings make the playoffs in your mind, and then, Matt, the percentage chance that the Bears even sniff the playoffs in your mind. So, in order for the Vikes to make the playoffs, they got to go at minimum 9-7. and seven. And at 9-7 and seven would do with losses at Tampa and at the Saints. If they take care of business, I think they can get in 9-7. and seven. The NFC West has to beat up on each other. They got a lot of still divisional games, so one of them could fall if one of them starts running away. Otherwise, if they all just split one on one, then it's going to be real tough. But I think I think the Vikes have a fifty percent chance, <laughs> and I think it gets even greater if they end up taking care of all the games that they should win. I'd say the Vikings have more like a thirty percent chance. Yeah, well. like thirty-three, like a third. Yeah. I do think they can win their next three. Bottom line, I think the bottom line is one, nine and seven doesn't necessarily get you in. If you could tell me nine and seven get you in, I would say 50% chance. One, that may not even get you in because NFC West could have three teams, 10 and six. I looked at it, there's a path. Two, I think the Vikes could trip up against the Lions or the Bears when they play them the second time. The NFL, anything could happen. That's not a testament to the Bears being good. It's just anything could happen. Stafford could go off. You never know. So I see. I I do see. I see the Vikings more eight and eight. The Bears, eight and eight at best. Fuck the Bears. I am so goddamn tired of watching this team. They they've lost four straight and they're going into a bye. Guess what? Fucking Sunday night prime time against fucking Aaron Rodgers on after oh. Thanksgiving. I can't wait for that game. Nagy zero and two off a of bye. Looking to go zero and three. <laughs> Here's the thing, and as pissed as I am, I actually am, like, the one thing is how bad that loss was last night, like, just the, how it was, not the fact that they lost by six to the Vikings. How bad it was, how bad it's been, that, like, ensured that change is coming. There's no way Matt Nagy survives this. There's no way Ryan Pace survives this. We will have a new quarterback. That gives me a little bit of hope. Ty's favorite thing to say is Matt Nagy on the hot seat. Yes, he's on the fucking hot seat. And like you say that like it's a jab. No, he is seated <laughs> hot as fuck. Get him out of here. I, he was brought in to be an offensive guru. I've said it before. I actually think he's kind of a decent overall head coach. A leader of men gets the locker room together. But you can't be brought in to be an offensive guy and put together the worst statistical offensive team in the Bears franchise history. It is the second worst right now. 
I feel your pain That's as a it. Falcons fan, but I'm glad that we finally ripped the Band-Aid off and got rid of our guy. Your pain will be relieved soon. Um, no pain for this guy, Matt Doss. Correct me if, I, if I'm wrong. The Chiefs are your squad, right? Yes. So you're enjoying another great year. The only blip <laughs> on the radar has been the Las Vegas Raiders. The rematch is coming up this weekend. What's it like to enjoy having the greatest quarterback we've possibly ever seen? I think he's a, if he keep this, keeps this up, he's a lock for the MVP again. Uh, and I already made a futures bet thinking that the Chiefs are going to repeat. Trust me, I know how hard, how hard it is to do in the NFL, but uh, they don't face the Steelers. But if they somehow get home field advantage, I don't see the Chiefs losing with that offense. Yeah, you know, it's um... – Definitely something else because I had to sit back and watch like Tyler Thigpen and <laughs> um, uh, hell, I can't remember all of the guys. It was so bad. There was like Castle was there for years. You had the Alex Smith Frank- years, which were, you know, winning, but he good, didn't. But it wasn't really fun to watch. This exactly. is just, you can sit down, you're like, holy shit, you see something new every week. You're like, this is just unbelievable, which I think. This week, you're probably going to see a couple things that you haven't necessarily seen before because I don't know if you like if you saw this, but I guess after the win earlier in the year, um, the Raiders decided they would do a like victory lap around around Arrowhead, and um, I don't think that was a good calls. I think Andy and all of those guys are just going to come out and try to. Embarrass them. Yes. Sunday night game at their, you know, new, like, state-of-the-art, you know. Oh, man. I I could see that one getting ugly quick. (laughs) I love how you said you get to sit down every week and just you'll see something new, unbelievable. You never know what to expect. (laughs) Funny because I see the same thing, but it's not anything fucking good that I see. It's new levels of amazement (laughs) of how bad they are. It is, it is really bad. That's, and that's one thing that I've like, I think I like might've realized this two or three weeks ago after one of the bears, you know, like it might've been after the Rams game where they, I think their only touchdown was on defense. And I was like, you've got Nagy and then you've got Andy Reed. And it's like, when it's, it's like when the dad is like, mowing the lawn and his you know five-year-old kids got the little like toy lawn <laughs> over next to him i'm like naggy peterson and then you got andy reed it's just yeah yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what yeah the bears so i mean the bears are known for having a good defense not a or a great defense bad offense they've had a good defense once in my life and a formidable one once the good one they were actually a losing season it was like eight years six seven years ago with Trustman in his first year defense was horrific they scored a shit ton of points that was the most fun Bears fan as like season I probably ever had and they were eight and eight they scored like yeah uh, it's just that's exactly what I say if I'm gonna have to sit and watch us you know go eight and eight or you know anything like that make it enjoyable to watch some tutties Make it enjoyable. Like the Chargers. Yeah, no kidding. They find, they historically find They're ways in every to lose. Goddamn game. Death taxes and Philip Rivers uh, charging down the field, uh, down seven. Um, funny stuff here on Corbett's Corner. Entertaining and informative as always as well. 
uh, Matt Doss, Matthew Cruz, and Tyler Dawson. Welcome back. I'm Dylan Corbett. Uh, Theo Epstein, the news of the day, stepping away from the Cubs. Um, geez, we didn't even get to Greg Marshall. But, yeah, basically, uh, Matt, Fuck if you got Greg some Marshall. thoughts. Fuck Wichita State. I'm in a pissed-off mood. But, honestly, how the hell do you launch an investigation, you come back with findings that are significant for him to resign, like he knows he's, his head's underwater, and then you give him $7.75 million as a settlement? You're going to pay him a million a year for the next eight years? No. Dirty like, game. No. Get the hell out of here. He resigns. He doesn't get anything. It's just a horrible look for Wichita State. I used to love Greg Marshall as a coach. He dominated in the Valley. They left to go to the American Conference. Screw him. What a douche. Now that all this is, like, out, though, is it really shocking? Like, you're like, he seems like a guy who might have probably done these 100%. things. 100%. Well, it's just white coaches with power taking advantage of black athletes. And it's like the, um, well, you know, it's not all bad apples, but there is a sense of white, powerful guy kind of having the underprivileged kid who probably came from a not so great neighborhood. And you hear all those cases of the guys threatening, hey, I'm going to send you back, like, you know, because Mm -hmm. that is a real danger. And it's just, you know, times are changing. And I think it was good news. Uh, Ty, did you have some thoughts on Greg Marshall? Sorry, it wasn't good news, but I think we are starting to weed out some of these more uh, guys that aren't quite with the times anymore. No, it just doesn't surprise me with Greg Marshall. I mean, at my time at Bradley, I was a student manager, so there were times where I was on the court with Greg Marshall. and He yelled at you? Uh, no, no, he never yelled at me. I mean, I, the only thing he would have yelled at me about is that he hate you from enough towels or something. But, um, <laughs> no, he uh, – <laughs> It, it it doesn't really surprise me. He's, he just seemed like the entire time he was very. It's like an asshole. He seemed like an asshole. Yeah, guy. Yeah. I mean, you try to say hi to him, he'll he'll just kind of look at you and but won't even say hi back and just kind of give you a head nod. So. I mean, and he was a he was a legend in Wichita. I mean, that's what happens yeah. with these guys. Um, so I mean, just he got drunk with power. I think you know, it's an asshole got drunk with power, and that shit happens. Basically, if you were to ask me to just pick any college coach most likely to punch a student for parking in his spot, I would say Greg Marshall. So it doesn't surprise me. I would say say Underwood right after Marshall. Underwood is always pissed off. Yeah, Bruce Pearl. No, Bruce Pearl might come up and give him a hug. Quarantine was good to Underwood. He lost like 30 pounds. He's an everyday guy. Line I ready to roll preview coming next week. Bruce Pearl might spot. give him his parking spot just to a random student, <laughs> right, and then say, "Give me some money on the side." For like, you know, impermissible benefits. <laughs> yeah, give it to the dad's parent. Yeah, fucking sister. barbecue? Nope, you're gone. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, that'll do it for Corbett's Corner. Uh, Matt Cruz and Matt Doss, Tyler Dawson. We hit a lot of stuff. Uh, hit subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Uh, We'll be posting some clips on Twitter as well. We do appreciate it. Um, You know us. We usually like to take Fridays off. Maybe if we're feeling spontaneous, we might hop on there. But otherwise, check out Corbett's. That's dropped today as well. Um, And hit subscribe. Let's keep on cashing on Corbett's and staying informed here on Corbett's Corner.